0: Welcome to this episode of the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Cibula and Bobby Maximus. And if you've been listening to the podcast, listen, here's the thing. If you want all kinds of life advice, you can go back and listen from episode one to 140. Right now, we are knee deep in Ultimate Fighter Talk because that's what I did, Joe. I went on the Ultimate Fighter Mm -hmm. at 43 years old. I met a bunch of friends. You and I have been anxiously awaiting all the new episodes. Yes, sir. Watching and enjoying. And so that's what we're talking about right now. Again, you want life advice. We have all kinds of stuff out there, but I I don't have time right now to sit and tell you not to eat (laughs) Popeye's chicken and um, Pirate's booty popcorn. Like, get the hell out of here. I'm all up on The Ultimate Fighter. And I just want to say how – good was that spinning reverse
1: hook from <laughs> Chandler last night. Oh my oh, God. Joe. What a, what a, just out
0: of the blue, like whap, just nailed him. Like, well done, sir. Well done. So I, I got some background to this. I've been dying to share because now I can tell the world. All right. And I don't know what you think watching it. So I'm, I'm curious, like, cause you're my perspective from the outside world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we're blowing away that Chandler did that.
1: Well, so Jordan and I But I would moving. just, just on the surface, that's like part of the whole thing. He doesn't look
0: like he should be able to move like that. No, 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 no. But it's also how he sold himself, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's paint a picture. Jordan and I had multiple talks over who we would rather fight. I was pretty clear that I wanted Eduardo. Mm-hmm. He's the number one pick if I'm going to go down, I'm going down swinging. Yep. If I want to win, I want to win big. I came here to test myself. They think I'm last. They think I'm first. He's first. Let's just fucking do this. Yeah. And Jordan's like, what if you had to fight Chandler? And I'm like, I'm fine with that. He's a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. That's like my forte. I can out wrestle him. We're good. Mm Mm-hmm. Jordan, how do you feel? He's like, I'm fine with it, too. He's like, honestly, with Chandler, he's like, I know he's going to try to wrestle me. As long as he doesn't get on top, I'm good. Like, all we ever talked about was Chandler being a wrestler. Right, yeah. So, Chandler blows his elbow. And by the way, Joe, a little secret, I knew about his elbow. Really? Yeah, so people we all know I'm part of team Nunez, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's out the open right now. I'm the snake. I'm friends with members of the other team. Um, (laughs) I'm the traitor, all this stuff. But I was genuinely friends with everybody. Yeah. And Chandler had known I'd been hurt in the past. And he said, Hey man, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I blew my elbow. Like I need surgery. And I'm like, Oh shit, dude. And so I said, the first thing you do is you don't tell anyone about this. Mm -hmm. shouldn't have told me and then number two like you're still going to be okay you can still fight get your head right go do your fucking thing yeah that was the end of it just being like a basic supportive guy you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm because i i genuinely joe i wanted everyone on that show to win yeah well maybe not everybody there was a couple of people
1: (laughs) do you want do you want the list i could name
0: (laughs) yes i wanted everyone to do well Right. And you know me, I want everyone to win. so like, Mm -hmm. I kind of heard him give him some advice, stuff like that. But my first thought when he said he hurt his elbow, I'm like, how are you going to fight? Like you're a wrestler. Like, I don't know if I can wrestle with one elbow. Like what's going to happen here. So now we're watching the fight with Jordan and he starts doing fucking punching and, and, and these wizard kicks and a (laughs) Nautobahn and, and, Uh, By the way, for those of you that don't know, a Nottoban is like a spinning (laughs) hurricane kick that, like, Jackie Chan invented. But it's, like, this weird (laughs) fucking crazy thing, Joe. And we were blown away that he could move like that on his feet.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Jordan didn't see it coming.
0: No. Like, it nailed him. And I thought the fight was over.
1: Yeah, I did, too. Well, Dana
0: White thought the fight was over. (laughs) Yeah, like, done. And so... That's the first thing. Oh my God. Just the shock of that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. What a great moment. Just an amazing
0: moment on the show. And then equally what perseverance on Jordan's part. Well, to take that, to take it, but then get up, get himself back together, have a good enough second round in the judge's eyes to force a third round Mm -hmm. and then finish chamber.
2: Like, wow,
0: what a fight I think. I know people talk about the Juju Claire fight, that being the fight of the season. Mm-hmm. I think this is the fight of the season right now. Mm. Just because of the gravity going into it, Chandler with his elbow hurt, having a totally change of style. Yeah. Pulling off an incredible kick. Beating Jordan up pretty bad for a couple of rounds. Yeah. Jordan surviving and persevering and then coming back to get the win. Oh my God, my heart. Was, was, <laughs> I can't, can't take it. I can't, can't take, take it. it watching that fight. So I just want to say.
1: Well, I, I, that was I would agree with you, but I would say from a fighter's perspective, this was the the fight of the season so far because of that, the the nuance of it, right? Like understanding like what's at stake, the strategy of it, understanding how that game is played and how remarkable it is that these two athletes were able to adapt uh the way that they were like Chandler. A lot of folks would not have fought they would not have been able to change gears, to to switch everything up and find a new way to to play, to move. But what an athlete to be able to say, well, okay, look, this has happened. I'm gonna have to do this a different way and being able and willing to do that, that's pretty impressive. And then for Jordan to come in thinking this was gonna be an A type fight, it ends up being a B type fight and he's gotta switch gears. After being blasted like that, I mean, it's incredible on his part. I mean, the, the level of chin that that man demonstrated, number one. But then yeah. also, like you said, getting his head on straight and just staying cool, staying level headed, thinking his way through it, using his energy and, and, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity that he was
0: given. Yeah. Well, and that also shows the fragility of the fight. Yeah. Because like, let's let's face it. Chandler. Knocks him down. If Chandler deals with knocking him down just a little more tactically, he wins that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I really think he could have finished Jordan. I think Jordan showed a lot of heart in getting up, but I think Chandler could have finished him. Just like when I took Eduardo down a couple of times, if I would have based out right or just slowed it down, I think I would have won that fight too. So Chandler could have finished that. Number two, Chandler should have worked to put him away in the second round. Yes. And here's the deal. There are some people who are saying that Chandler won round one and round two. I don't know if that's true or not. I would have to see the judges scorecards. I don't Mm -hmm. know what they were looking at, but there is a certain amount of subjectivity when it comes to fighter scorecards. You know this. Yeah, 100% there is. The judges thought Jordan did enough to deserve a third round. Mm Mm-hmm when you either give a guy the opportunity to have a third round, or he takes the opportunity to have a third round, you put yourself in a precarious position because as you saw, Jordan came out and finished him. Yeah. And so now all the talk, like this is what it comes down to for me. I can articulate how Chandler won those first two rounds. Mm -hmm. Maybe can I, maybe I can articulate how, Jordan didn't deserve a third round. Maybe, and I'm talking in hypotheticals here. Right, right. Maybe I can articulate how Chandler got robbed. But when Jordan went out and finished him, it mutes all that talk. Well,
1: yeah, because I mean, look at so. Let's talk about that second round real quick. And, and let's just say it was fairly even. So some people are going to say that yeah, uh, Chandler, you know, outscored him, but he left it up to the judges to decide. Yep. The third round. There was no judge's decision.
0: No, and that's Jordan.
1: Jordan Jordan took the decision away from the judges and finished the fight on his own. So you don't leave it up to the judges is is sort of the moral of that story. You don't always have that choice, obviously. You know, you all go into a fight wanting to win it, planning to win it. And then you're you're four and a half minutes into that first round going like, man, I have not done what I came out here to do. But it
0: eliminates all the talk. Yeah. Because let's look at it the other way. How about Jordan controlled the first round with the exception of he caught a crazy kick? Yeah. And then how about Jordan came out and he controlled the second round? You can make those arguments equally as well. Mm -hmm. I could argue as an educated fighter that Jordan won. He didn't win the first round, but maybe I could articulate that Chandler got off a lucky kick that Jordan didn't see coming.
1: Yep.
0: And I can articulate that he won the second round. Jesus,
1: nobody saw that
0: coming. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just saying, Joe, it shows you how fragile it is. Yeah. Because you, ah, man. And, you know, I bet both those guys, uh, well, Jordan, not so much because Jordan won. Mm -hmm. But I bet you if I'm Chandler, I'm looking back at that first round and second round and just saying to myself, I should have done a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I should have went for it a little bit more. I should have pushed the pace a little bit more so it didn't go to a third round. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking right now if I'm Chandler hmm
1: Well, and, and then also looking at what could I do to change that outcome? Like, what do I need to change about myself? You know, is my conditioning where it needs to be? Was my striking where it needed to be? You know, um, was I setting everything up the way that, And and then taking that information and going into the gym and continuing to train and knowing yep. there's going to be a next fight. Yep. It's exactly. not one loss in your out of MMA as a career. It's like, you got to learn from that, come back and be an even better fighter. And that's why there, there's, such uh just an awesome respect between fighters. And you see a little bit of that on the show, even like people who really seem to have a bitter rivalry, uh, like, like Juju and Claire, I mean, they had this brutal fight and they had this nice scene between the two of them of just like, man, what a fight. Yep. You know? And and that's kind of cool because like they're both better fighters now because they challenged each other because they brought that out of each other. And that's, that's something to be respected. I think. Yeah, and but that's sure. also, that's also one of the reasons why most of the, the fighters that I've known and trained with in my life have been really cool people, like really remarkable people, because a lot of the, I don't know, the BS stuff, the shallow stuff gets knocked aside. Like you're not interested in that anymore. You're like, you're really trying to focus on something, you know, you have a, a, a very uh, good idea of where your weaknesses are and what you need to do to get better at them. And that, that goes back to what we talk about on this podcast from episode one is that everything that we do in training affects what happens outside of the gym. Yep. So the physical stuff is like a, a tangible metaphor for all of the more like esoteric lifestyle stuff. And I think that that is clearly demonstrated in fighting and combat. Oh, sport. For
0: sure. It also shows you how your perception of people can be different at different times. Yeah. yeah. Like if we're honest, Juju didn't have the nicest things to say about Claire before the fight? Yeah. She was adversarial with her. And even after the fight a little bit. Well, oh, she's a little but, adversarial with everybody. But they had moments where they could come together and communicate and be mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is, uh, it, it's super interesting to me. Now, some of that has to do with also perception, but also portrayal.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How do you feel about Chandler's portrayal in this episode?
1: You know, I, I, I feel like his personality came through. Like he seems like a really jovial kind of likable guy, but I think they also made him look a little bit like a doofus. Okay. You know, like you, you you weren't supposed to think that this dude could fight at all. Nope. You know what I mean? You were supposed to think that he was soft, that he was not well conditioned, that maybe he didn't really deserve to be there. And then he's going up against Jordan, who is like, you know, this giant Viking who's got every, the same motivations. You know what I mean? He's, he quit his job to come here and do this thing. So like they both got a lot on the table, but like Chandler came across as a bit of a
0: goofball. So I wanna say this about that. Number one, Chandler's one of my closest friends in the house. He's really funny. Mm -hmm. And he does have a bit of a class clown mentality. (laughs) He's also a really serious guy. He has a daughter he loves deeply. He works a corrections job.
1: Yeah, see, and, and, and me personally, because I have a daughter and I've worked corrections, like that was a point of connection for me of watching yep. that episode of being like, oh yeah, like I get this
0: guy. He's a very caring person. He's got some very serious thoughts. He's very intelligent. What you see on TV with the portrayal of like maybe him being a bit goofy is they caught his life-like hearted moments. And I will tell you in the house, when I needed a laugh, when I was feeling down, I would mm. talk to Chandler because he was funny. Yeah. He's a good dude. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we also had some serious talks too. Joe told me about his life, told me some stuff he's been through. I shared some things with him. So that betrayal is like, you know, you got to understand that you're seeing like a very small portion into somebody's life. Yeah. But they also kind of made him look like he was out of shape and trying to get out of hard work.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Which personally, And I only want to address one thing I don't think is fair. And I'll tell you why. They showed that clip of Amanda Nunez, like trying to like kind of coax him into practice and him pushing back against her. Yep. The coach doesn't know what it's like to be in your body. I'm taking Chandler's side all day on this. Mm -hmm. Coach doesn't know what it's like to be in your body. If you say you can't go, you can't go. End of story. And I've learned this as a coach, Joe, when one of my athletes says they don't feel comfortable doing a movement, I don't have them do it. Well, not
1: yeah, I, 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 I mean, you have to stick by your guns on that as an athlete, too. Yep. But you know, what, what I think he was trying to communicate in that that whole scene was if I'm going to blow my arm out, I want it to be in the fight, not getting ready for the fight. Yep. Like the wrestling isn't going to improve between now and fight day, no matter how hard I train, like it's as good as it's going to be an extra day of rolling hard is not going to be the difference. Yep. And and I agree to, with he, that.
0: Yes, he, he has to step up for himself.
1: Yeah. And I think I think he was really I mean he was doing it, but it's really hard to do against somebody like Amanda Nunes who's sitting there and she's just a killer, you know what I mean? She's just a go-getter and she wants it as bad as you want it. Yep. And then, and then trying to say I'm not I'm not trying to be a wuss here, I'm not trying to sneak out of work, but like this is where my mind is at. What do you think? And, and she was processing that and she was thinking about it like he's not wrong, you know, but like also I'm here to make a TV show. Like I got to have footage of the guy training, you know, I got to have like I got to have these moments as well. So it's not like a, a straight up like, oh, yeah, you're right. Forget about it. Kind of a thing. There's a lot of consideration going on. And, and I believe it, it, if I remember correctly, she was like, you know, we're going to talk to the other coaches about this real quick. And and so, I think that's, that's the right thing to do as a coach. It's just like, what do you guys think? Is he trying to weasel out? Or, I mean, is that like a legitimate thing? Because if you make that call incorrectly and he gets hurt, it's kind of on you as
0: the coach. True. But I want to remind people, this isn't a true coaching scenario either. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing but respect and admiration for Julianna Pena, mm-hmm. for Rick Little, for Wayne Gregory, for Mike Valley for Luis, like our coaching staff, Joe, our whole coaching mm-hmm. staff were great. One of the things that they were best at is they treated us like individuals. Mm-hmm. You know what you need, you go do it. We're here to help you. But like, let's face it, we're with you for a very short period of time. We're not your real coaches. Like you mm-hmm. go do your thing. I know you see all the team talk on TV and all that shit, but they were like really good with letting us be grown ups and handle our own business. hmm and the reason why, because Rick and Juliana aren't coaching me right now.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: They were not there at the gym with me this morning. Yep. I lost. I'm off the show. They're not there like to pick up the pieces. Now, will they help me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I welcome out there to go train? Yes. Are we friends? Yes. Are we incredible people? Are they incredible people? Yes but they're not like my real coaches. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, it it is a show. It's
0: a reality show. It's not reality. No. Could they become my coaches? Yes. But at the end of the day, Chandler, it's on him to do what's good for him. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if he didn't even feel like training anymore. Sorry, guys, I'm not training today. He doesn't. Oh, my point is, it doesn't matter whether she's the best in the world, the worst in the world. He doesn't owe Amanda nothing. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Amanda. She's a great Mm -hmm. person. She's been nothing but nice to me. Uh, She's a great fighter, but he doesn't owe her anything. Well, and I think
1: he was very, very respectful of her and respectful of her position as coach. Yep. And respectful of, of her opinion. You know, like, I I think he was advocating for himself, but he was also like asking her, you know, like, what do you think?
0: Yeah. And so, and maybe, maybe my viewpoint, and this is the interesting thing with perception too, you and I may have seen it a different way because I was on a show where I did get hurt and my coach did try to bully me and Mm -hmm. shame me into doing yeah. stuff that i couldn't do and tried to tell you that i was faking an injury and didn't believe me and all this stuff and i didn't stand up for myself because i was a 25 year old kid that didn't know any better joe mm-hmm. didn't have the con if i if he tried to do that to me now you'd see a completely different response yeah but i yeah. didn't have the emotional maturity at the time to deal with that like with matt
1: Well, it's interesting uh, because I think that is like an important aspect of this season of the show is that you have been there before because everybody assumes like these guys coming in, like that, you know, this is the first time you're seeing some of these guys. Oh, they're, they're, they're like, you know, experienced fighters. Like they don't have tremendous fight records at this point. You know what I mean? Like these are still very, very young fighters predominantly on the show season to season, not getting a lot of veterans in. And so there is a difference in maturity and it isn't just, uh, your your attitude as a person, it's stuff that you learn kind of the hard way over a career because not a lot of people, and I'm toot your horn here a little bit, Bobby, but not a lot of people can last as long as you've lasted. Not yeah. a lot of people could come back after, you know, 13, 16 year absence and still do the thing because they didn't learn the lessons. They got that injury and it was over for them. Yep. And so I think it's really kind of cool to, to be able to compare and contrast that a little bit. And say, well, what does a more mature fighter, like, how does he handle himself on this show? Because we can just look back at season two, Bobby Maximus, sorry, season two, Rob McDonald, and see sort of how you were portrayed and and how you handled yourself on the show, and then see what's different now. Yep. And it is different. It is not the same. And, it, you know, it shouldn't be. And I remember when, uh, when the cast for this season was announced, like, there were people that were writing you off because you already lost the show back in season two. And it's like, that that was not the defining moment of your life. You know, that didn't determine who and what you were. That was like the start of a story. Yeah. But it's funny that that's kind of what people see. And now you have to look at this and say, well, no, this dude is not the same person that he was back then. Like he's grown, he's changed, he's, he's evolved. And so just being, it, like I said, being able to compare that to the, the less mature fighters. And I don't mean that as in like, Any kind of a slam. They're just, they're younger, they're less experienced. It is, it does point out sort of what that growth looks like.
0: Well, and I think when we're younger, we all get caught in the kind of idea, Joe, that there's a finality to stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I mean, I think, by finality is something happens to us and we think it's going to affect us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like in your twenties, right? Like you get dumped by a girlfriend. Oh my God, the world is ending. Blah, blah, blah Yeah. Yeah. You fail a test. It's so terrible. Like I saw so many college students freaking out over a test that was worth 5% of their mark. Yeah. So let me ask you a question here. We'll, we'll relate this to college because it's something I think is relatable for, t- t- for, for everybody. I have three university degrees, Joe. Mm-hmm. You have a degree too, right? Mm-hmm. Remind me what it is. Uh, film studies, media production. Okay, film studies and media production. I don't know if that was the right degree or the wrong degree for you. I don't know if my degrees were the right degrees or the wrong degrees for me. But how many times in my life for a job do you think people have asked me to prove that I had a degree?
1: <laughs> it's always it's always listed on the, uh, the, the application, right? Write down your degrees, but have they ever actually
0: verified that? Nobody's ever asked me for a diploma. A diploma. Yeah. Never in my career. Okay, so I've never had to produce a diploma to prove. Actually, that's not true. When I was a police officer, they wanted it. But apart from that, Joe, I've had many jobs. Do you think I've ever had to prove it? No. No. Do you think the person who gave me the job ever called the University of Western Ontario to (laughs) double check that I had a degree? The answer is no. They probably wouldn't even release that information. Yeah. I think that's probably illegal. Like, you know what I mean? Like from Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right. I'd have to get it myself. Now let's take it a step further. You've worked on some films. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been asked for a transcript of like (laughs) Mark? No. So you haven't been asked for a transcript at all. Nope. Have you ever asked been asked what courses you take apart from somebody who is interested in your life? No, no. Like it doesn't fucking matter. But yet you're the 21-year-old college student out there that is melting down over the result of a test that's worth 3% or 5% of your mark. Yeah. Nobody cares. In first-year calculus in university, whether I took a 51 or a 99, not not only does nobody care, Joe, nobody knows. Right, yeah. Stress that could have caused me. And it probably did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So my point to tell you all this is like, we have this idea, like you're talking about my defining moment. Something that happened yesterday is not my defining moment. Right. Right? Like there's, there's really nothing that is truly a defining moment, unless it's, I'm going to say something that you're probably not involved in. Like maybe if you won Powerball, it's a defining moment.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some things, you know, if you get your legs blown off in an industrial accident, that's probably going to leave a mark, you know, sure, right? Like it's probably yes.
0: something you're going to deal with for the rest of your life. But even then people can go on to do incredible things. So it's like mm-hmm. this idea that something is going to make you or break you. Like, I just don't think that's true. Yeah. Like I think everyone's got other options, you know? So, and, and, and and the reality, Joe Uh, I was portrayed negatively on season two of this thing. Mm -hmm. Fine. People thought I was faking an injury. Well, I had a bunch of surgery, Joe. Uh Like, I wasn't faking anything. I've got receipts, by the way. (laughs) You can see old MRIs. You can talk to the surgeon. Well, shit, buddy, people can look at your arm right now and can see that it ain't right. Like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy had a real injury. But do you think I've ever lost a job opportunity because of how I was portrayed on an episode of no. season two?
1: That's, that's why they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. really
0: Has anyone, really asked? Has anyone <laughs> cared? Chandler goes on and has a great career in the UFC. Nobody fucking cares. Like it's no, just, no. it's funny. Mm-hmm. But watching it, I could feel like, oh man, they did him a little bit dirty. One more question for you before we end the podcast. Yep do you think you're a better trainer than fitness Chandler? Yes or no?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I, I've wonderful. logged a lot of hours of personal training that can back that up. So yeah, I'm going to say I am. Um, I will say that I do love his enthusiasm and I yep. thought that was hilarious. I was, I was chuckling heartily during that sequence.
0: <laughs> I will, I will tell you this, the real Zach is starting to come out and it's making me look bad but he's my friend. <laughs>
1: see and i love it i love the ribbing i love that little like just shots at each other you know i i know they, they kind of went after each other on uh, on instagram but just yesterday uh they kind were going of. at it.
0: and there's like a hundred stories dedicated i'm counting exactly right <laughs> now no,
1: wait, but wait. see i i don't think there was any like harm intended when that thing started and it just kind of like snowballed uh, but it's still, that is the kind of like jaw And that is the kind of picking on each other that like brothers do. You know what I mean? There's like, I enjoy that. The usual kind of trash talking, people getting in each other's face, like snarling at each other, disrespecting each other. I'm not as into that. This to me was like playful and funny. And I was entertained. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Zach's told 10 stories in the last two hours calling Chandler fat. <laughs>
1: I yes, sent them so both. There. I sent them both DMs. I had a chat with each of them about it, and it was. I think it's great. I love it. Keep it going, guys. It's too funny. That <laughs> cracks me up, though. He, he is like he will go at you hard if you give him the opportunity.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I mean, he's got no chill.
1: No, none at all. And it is, yeah, it is clear that he has no chill.
0: <laughs> so there's your wrap up, everyone. You got some talk about the fight. You got some life lessons. I think the lesson today, Joe, is there's nothing that's final. No. Or even yeah,
1: like life, life is what you make of it. No matter what happens, it's it's what you do with the day that you've got ahead of you.
0: Well, there's, isn't there a saying from sport? I can't remember who it's attributed to, but failure is not final and it's not fatal mm-hmm. because just it is what it is. Like, it doesn't define your whole deal. That's it. Yeah, and, and we also live in, We're prisoner of the moment. Like, I want to say three weeks ago, all anyone was talking about was Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Yeah. And then the verdict came down and she owes him a bunch of money. She's not blah, 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 blah. And then now? Nothing. It's like, like, I I don't even know if I'd know her to pass her on the street. Right. Except like, hey, she looks like a girl that's been all over the memes on the internet. But I don't know. (laughs) Like, I mean, for real, there's no, like, it's gone. Yeah, And it's just like if we live in a world where you just wait for the next news cycle.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: people are so wrapped up in it that they're not thinking about you. Exactly. They're not wrapped up in it, wrapped up in themselves that they're not thinking about you. Well, and that's the thing.
1: Like you, you, we, you've talked about this. This is in your book. We've talked about this on podcasts of the, the 10 most dangerous words. Like what will other people say? What will other people think? The reality is they're not saying or thinking anything
0: about you. They're Nobody thinking cares. about their own shit. Nobody cares. So it's like if you're out here That's your lesson. You're not an Ultimate Fighter fan. Your lesson is whatever happened to you 10 years ago, whatever happened to you five years ago, whatever happened to you today, it doesn't define who you are by any means. You can change it. No one knows and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. That's it. So thank you for listening, everybody. As always, we did not force codes down your throat. We did not play stupid ads. We did not ask you to buy anything. All we're asking to do, for you to do, is just share. Send it to your email list. Send a couple of text messages out. Post it on your Instagram stories. And engage.
1: Guys, like, like tell friend. us what you think. Whatever. I'd love to get some feedback. We, we almost never get feedback on these episodes. You know, we'll get the, the odd person will yeah. send us a DM. Like, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear your thoughts on this.
0: Let's have, a, let's have a chat. Put some good reviews up. All
1: that stuff.
2: Because you're the last of a dying breed.